I've got the wonderful opportunity to introduce uh, Rachel Bowyer. Um, if you've worked out on the screen, my name is Philip Bowyer, that's my wife. Uh, so she's going to come and she's uh, going to be leading our next instalment of the uh, Troublemakers series that we've been working on together. So over to you, Rachel, as you bring us the next uh, message this morning. Good morning. My name is Rachel and I have the privilege of going through the next instalment um, in our preaching series. We're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 2 today. Uh, so if you want to get those ready, we'll be reading um, some of that chapter later. Um, and we're going to be looking at uh, Elijah and Elisha today. We're going to be journeying um, through towards the end of Elijah's life um, before he is taken up to heaven and where Elisha is anointed as prophet in his place. We're going to be looking at um, three key points from the text and then uh, three ways that we can apply um, those to our lives today. So if you haven't been with us over the past few weeks, um, we've been working through Kings as a church um, and I just wanted to give you a brief recap on who Elijah was. So he was a prophet, he was a man who walked and talked with God and he was obedient to God and he saw God do some miraculous things. He um, had some extraordinary highs but he also had some really challenging times and some really low points in his life and I just wanted to encourage you from, from from the start um, that it says in James in the New Testament that um, he describes Elijah as a man who had a nature just like us. So I just wanted to encourage you that God uses people just like me and you. Um, he, he anointed um, Elijah as prophet, but he uses us so powerfully. So I just wanted to encourage you straight away um, with that. Um, and to start with, I just wanted to um, I just wanted to put a picture out there of a relay race. Um, maybe you've been part of a relay race before, or maybe you've seen one, but you may know that there is a baton involved in a relay race um, where it is passed on from one runner to the other runner who then continues the race. Um, and there is a time where there is one runner running with the baton, um, approaching the, the next runner, and, and that runner starts, starts running. Um, so they haven't received the baton at this point, but they are preparing for that handover to happen and for this handover to be the best that it could be there needs to be a time of preparation and training and communication and trust between the two runners um, so that it goes smoothly um, and once the baton is passed on to the next runner they can continue on the race they can continue on their journey and just like that analogy of passing the baton on, we're going to be looking at the moment where Elisha gets up to speed with Elijah, takes the baton from Elijah, and then continues on, the, on his journey. So who was Elisha? It had been prophesied that Elijah was going to anoint Elisha as prophet in his place. And when they met, Elisha would have known Elijah's journey and had seen how mightily God um, had used him. And this made Elisha stop in his tracks. And he decided that he was going to leave all he had behind to leave his home, to leave his family, to leave his work and follow Elijah and become his apprentice. And over a number of years, Elisha stayed very close to Elijah because he knew that one day Elijah was going to anoint him as prophet in his place. But now there was a time of training and waiting and, and learning uh, for his calling to be fulfilled. So we're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 2. Um, so if you want to read with me, um, it says, 
um, from, from verse 1. It says, Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to, Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep quiet. And then Elijah said to him, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. So these are the two uh, conversations between the two men on their last journeys together. And the same conversation happens between Elijah and Elisha every single time. Why was Elijah telling Elisha to please stay here each time? Was it because he didn't want him to follow him anymore? You'd, you'd start to get that impression that if someone kept telling you to, oh, stay here because I'm going to move on, you'd think that they didn't want you to follow them anymore. But I don't think that was the case in this situation. I think that Elijah wanted to see how far Elisha would go with him and, and whether he, as he said he would, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Back when Elisha decided to follow Elijah, he decided to leave everything behind and follow him and serve him. And that was not going to stop now. Elijah, Elisha was committed right until the end. And he didn't, want to, he didn't want to miss a thing. He didn't want to be distracted by anyone along the way. He wanted to continue on the journey that was um, set before him. So we can continue to read from verse 7. And it says, 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go, uh, two of them could go over on dry ground. And when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm taken from you, it shall be for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. So this was the last part of their journey together at this point. And Elijah had seen Elisha's commitment. He had seen his determination for staying, staying strong and staying there till the end. And he asked Elisha, what shall I do for you before I'm taken from you? And, and Elisha's response was, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. So this was an open invitation for Elisha to ask for, for whatever he wanted. But this was his request for the double portion. And we know that Elijah had a powerful ministry at this point and a huge anointing from God. And Elisha wanted a double portion of that. It wasn't because he was seeking power or, or wealth or position, but he knew for the calling that he'd been called to become prophet, he needed a double portion of God's spirit on his life. And then we read on in verse 11. 
And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw him and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. And then he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water parted to one side and to the other and Elisha went over. So we read here in verse 11 how Elijah was taken up to heaven. It says, while they were walking and talking, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up into a whirlwind, uh, went up by a whirlwind into heaven. What a way to go. This was not an everyday occurrence. And this is something that Elisha probably had to look at and think, what is going on? But he knew this was from God. He knew that um, it had been told that Elijah was going to be taken up um, to heaven. And this is what happened. And then it says that Elisha picked up that of Elijah's cloak that had dropped when he went up to heaven. Now, this was an act of faith. This cloak carried the anointing of God that Elijah had. And in that moment, Elisha probably had to ask himself, do I want this? I've been called to it. I asked for it. And now I need to choose to pick it up and run with it. It didn't fall on him. Um, and that might have been the easier option because sometimes it's easier um, to take things that you've, that you've been given. But no, he had to grab it. He picked up and he went with it. And actually, he went over to that water. He struck the water with it and it, and it parted. It divided. And as we read earlier, uh, Elijah's last um, miracle, last thing that he did was to divide uh, the water and walk through it. And this was, this was Elisha's first miracle. So in the, in the sense that the baton had been passed on, where Elijah um, had stopped, Elisha started. And he must have been amazed. He had asked for this double portion of God's spirit. And here we see that he had been anointed with God's power. And we, we read later on in Kings that um, he performed many more miracles um, to what Elijah did. So it was so clear that he had received that double portion of God's spirit, just as he has asked Elijah for. So how can we apply this to our lives today? Um, so I've got three points. Um, my first point is running alongside other people. Uh, so firstly, we saw that Elisha was following Elijah so closely, learning and desiring what he had. And there was a time in their journey that they were running this race together. Elijah would have shown Elisha what it meant to be faithful to God and continue in all circumstances. And Elisha would have had a wonderful demonstration of how to live a life, um, a life living for God um, by following Elijah so closely. So who can we think of in our lives today who we are getting alongside and learning from? I know for myself, I've got a few um, women who I just see that they are further along in the faith and I love to get alongside them, to learn from them and to grab something that they've got. 
And then I've also got some, some friends who I feel like that we're running together um, in this journey, um, that we can pray together, that we can build each other up, be accountable to each other. And sometimes that looks like me just sending a text saying, please pray for me. Um, I'm going through this situation. I know you've been through it or you're going through it. Please pray with me. Um, or it could just be meeting up for coffee and building each other up. Um, and these things, I just know um, from personal experience that these um, have always pointed um, up to Jesus and, in, and has just been so amazing um, to be able to walk this journey with other people. So maybe you already have someone in your life that you are doing this with. Keep going with that. Keep running this race together. And if you don't feel like you've got someone in your life that you are um, journeying with or learning from, then I recommend that you take time to think and pray of who that person might be for you. Elisha had seen how God was working in Elijah and he wanted a part of that himself. Who have we seen that God is using that we can learn from and grab that, that one thing that you really, um, really desire? If you feel like you are further along in the faith, have a think about who you have seen that you think, I want to invest in them because I've seen something in them. I'm sure there's a lot of people here that have um, a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom that can be passed on to someone else, that baton to pass on to someone else. And then we can move on to point two, asking for the Holy Spirit. We see that Elisha had asked for a double portion of God's Spirit. And Jesus' disciples were a little bit like Elisha at this point um, because they followed Jesus intently. They were learning from him and they wanted more of him and they didn't want to leave him. They were committed all the way to the end and they did not want to miss a thing. When it was time for Jesus to ascend up to heaven, he promised his disciples that he would send them his spirit. And the difference between the spirit that, uh, that Elijah could give to, um, that double portion that Elijah gave, to, um, Elijah gave to Elisha, the Holy Spirit that Jesus promises is available to all, not just the, to those one and two prophets, but to all who believe. And it says in John's gospel that this spirit is without measure. We don't need to just limit this spirit because we can, it is limitless and it is available to all. Isn't it amazing that Jesus decides to share his spirit with us? I find it amazing that he chooses to dwell in us. Sometimes we can think that we're not qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. And the truth is none of us are qualified. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he went on that cross and died and then rose again, it means that he has made us um, made us a way to get to the Father, made, us, um, made it available for us to have a relationship with God and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And this is amazing. And all he said was, you just need to believe and, and you will receive, you, receive the Holy Spirit. So do we believe that we, will, um, that we can receive that Holy Spirit and be used by him? If you don't know Jesus here this morning, then I do really encourage you to, to, to speak to someone who does know Jesus. Because God is there for you. God will be there for you. You just need to ask him. And if you do know Jesus here this morning, then like what we've read about in, Eli uh, in this story, Elisha had to wait for his calling to be fulfilled, possibly years. 
and he stayed faithful in his waiting. I believe that there are some people here um, this morning that are waiting for God to do something. Maybe it's a calling, maybe it's something else. But I really feel that he would say, stay, stay faithful because I am a faithful God and I will pour my spirit out on you. And there is no limit to this. So if God was to ask you the question today, what shall I do for you? What would your request be? We heard that Elisha's was a double portion of God's spirit. What would ours be? Are we like Elisha, expecting um, it to happen, being prepared for this to happen? Are we expecting that God can answer our prayers? And my final point, are we picking up that cloak? So I mentioned earlier that Elisha decided to pick up the cloak that had the anointing of God. Are we choosing to pick up that cloak? I used the analogy earlier of passing that baton on. Are we ready? Are we running? Waiting for that baton to be passed on, preparing for that baton and to be used by God. I know sometimes it can be a really scary thing or we can feel really nervous when we need to reach out and grab something. We often find it much easier to say yes to things if they are given to us or land in our lap. And it does seem a lot harder for us to say, I'm going to grab this. But God loves it when we say, I'm going to grab this, grab hold of this. Let's run with it. I know for myself, I always wanted to do um, things for God, uh, but I didn't think he could use me. I didn't think, um, I, I had no confidence in saying yes to things. I had no confidence in picking up that cloak and saying, let's run with it. And that's usually because I knew that someone else could do it better or, or because I think I'd fail in, in, in different circumstances. But that is not what God wants for me. He wants me to grow. He wants me to flourish. And he loves it when we are expectant for him to say yes. And I know that when I have said yes to things, I know that God is always faithful. So maybe for you, uh, the cloak might be, um, it might be uh, that you want to share the gospel in your workplace. Is God saying, here's the cloak, take it and run with it. Is he saying that you want to, uh, is it that you want to be a, a faithful servant here in church? Is it saying pick up the cloak and run with it? Whatever it looks like for you, I do encourage you to have a think and be bold and brave and, and, and say, God, you have given me this cloak. Let me pick it up and run with it. So as I finish, I'd like to just encourage you to have a think of who you are going to contact. Have a think of that person that you want to grab, um, grab time with and grab something of what they've got. Have a think who that might be. If you haven't got anyone, if you, if you don't know anyone, I, I'd recommend you speak to someone, maybe your life group leader this week, because I'm sure that they've got um, some people that they could uh, recommend. And if you, again, think that you are further along in the faith, if you've got some pearls of wisdom, then, then try and grab someone and, 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 and get alongside them as well. And be encouraged to pick up the cloak, whatever that looks like for you in your life at the moment, because God is good and he is able to do great things in you. So like I mentioned earlier, um, when it said uh, in James that Elijah had the same nature as us. He was a human just like us and God can use us um, just like he did with him. So as we lead into the next song, uh, let us just spend those few minutes um, just looking to Jesus, thanking him for his spirit, thanking, thank, 
thanking him that it is a spirit without measure and that we can be expectant that he will answer our prayers because he is a good, faithful God. And just remember that he doesn't pass the baton on to us and say, okay, bye, see you later. He runs with us through our journey. So maybe for you, um, that cloak might look like taking up the opportunity to share the gospel at work or with your neighbours, or it might be saying yes to that opportunity that you've always thought that you couldn't do. But you can trust in God uh, and that he will help you by his spirit. And I encourage you to just say, yes, I will pick up this, this cloak, this opportunity. Help me, God. And, and he will. He will help you. So as I finish, I'd like to just encourage you to have a think now of who you can contact this week about getting alongside and spending time with. Have a think of what passions you have or what you feel God laying on your heart and seek those who, are, or who have the same passions. I know it's hard at the moment, but I would definitely recommend you to do that. Maybe speak to your life group leader this week, because if you don't know who to speak to, maybe uh, they'll be able to advise you to who, to who to contact. And also be encouraged to pick up that cloak, because God is good and he is able to do great things in you. Like I mentioned earlier in James, it says that Elijah had um, a nature just like ours. He was human just like us, and God can use us powerfully as well. So as we lead into the next song, spend those few minutes with Jesus because he is our perfect king and allow him to um, fill you up with his Holy Spirit. And whatever that cloak looks like for you, whatever baton you need to grab hold of this morning, God doesn't just leave you to do it yourself. He doesn't pass it on and then tells you to get on with our, on our way. He, he gives it and he runs with us. Let that encourage you this morning as we spend um, the last few minutes um, praising him. Mm, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to us. You're always with us. You never leave us or forsake us. That's what the Bible says. And we trust your word. Lord, you, uh, you're so good to us. Lord, you've got so much for us as well. Father, I pray that you give us courage as we follow you, <clears throat> as we seek to, to, to live our lives in honour and glory of our Lord. I pray, Father, would you uh, grow us and stretch us um, would you grow our faith, Father? Would you give us courage to follow and step out in, in, in boldness and perhaps to, to take a bit of a step where we know that you, you're prompting us to, but it might not necessarily be comfortable. Father, I pray uh, for faith to rise among us as we follow our wonderful Saviour and King who made a way courageously for us to come into relationship with you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Friends, it's so wonderful uh, to be able to meet with you this morning. Can I just encourage you? I think some of those um, uh, the, the points that Rachel mentioned in the preach are really helpful. Um, and some of those questions, you know, if God asks you, uh, what, what can I do for you? Uh, what would you say? What would your answer be? I think let's ponder upon these things, friends, and uh, make the most of um, 
uh, of the opportunity to invest in those who you want to bring with you in the faith, if perhaps you're a bit further along, uh, please do that. That's courageous. And we will grow together as we do. And, and if you feel like there's others in the church who you would love to grow from, then make a bold ask because we want to honour and follow our Lord Jesus as part of what it means to be church, devoting ourselves to fellowship, uh, to, to, to grow and to honour and glorify God uh, and to, to bring in praise and honour. So friends, let's, do that and commit ourselves to to that. If this is your first time among us and you want to get to know us more, please do get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. But that is all for today. Um, thank you so much for joining us and God bless you.